Okay, and here we go. This is Caleb's Calm Corner, Crossroads Called, Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters. No. I don't know what the title of it is yet. Caleb's Calm Corner. Well, we'll keep working on it. I was it. just watching Instagram and Candace Cameron Bure, you know, she's awesome. She has something called Candace's Car Chronicles. And if you can be anything cool like Candace, then that's probably okay. What did she do? Just talk in the car? Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Who's Candace? DJ. DJ Tanner. Full house. Mm. Yeah, I do like her. She's cool. Well, for everyone who's listening, this is major amateur hour. Right before I hit record, my wife asked, am I allowed to eat pretzels during this? You literally thought you could eat pretzels while talking into a microphone. Just like to snack. Why don't you introduce yourself? We know you like to snack. What else about you? Well, my name is Maddie, and I'm married to Caleb. <laughs> yeah, you are. And hmm, I stay home with our two children, and I'm learning how to cook a lot better at home since I am not was never good at cooking at home. So you didn't grow up in a crunchy house, right? No. Well, I didn't grow up in a in a house that was like crunchiness wasn't a thing when I was growing up. Like so my mom though, she we we were never on medicine. Like, you know, like pharmaceutical medication. I can't You, you I, didn't take any meds when you were growing up? No. No. Yeah, I didn't either. No to antibiotics, really. I mean, maybe those when I got, I don't recall taking one of those. They you got sick? Well, I don't even recall taking them when we got sick. I recall taking one early in our marriage, and I was sick, and I had taken an antibiotic that was my grandma's. <laughs> Bad move. Yeah, an unprescribed drug. Yeah. and <laughs> yeah. Stolen yeah. from yeah. Grandma Nancy. Yeah. It wasn't a great... Great plan, but... To clarify, she gave it to us. It was not stolen. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know how it came about that. Well... Weirdest thing ever. Well, what people need to know is that I was not always crunchy. Even when you married me, we weren't... I was not crunchy. No, I still don't like that term. No, but give me a better one. Um, Natural-minded. Okay, that's too many syllables. Okay. Well, crunchy feels like feels like people think it's kind of a cool thing to be crunchy now. Like, you know how a hipster used to be like a cool thing? Like, oh, are you crunchy? <laughs> feels similar. So it's too prideful for you. You don't like the pride in crunchy. Yeah. Crunchy means granola. Granola was a slang term, I think, in the 60s. You're saying crunchy was a slang term in the 60s granola or granola? was. Granola crunchy. was an adjective in the 60s. Right. Oh, you're asking me. I'm asking you. <laughs> I believe that's true. I don't know. We don't have the internet. We can't look anything up. <laughs> uh, Granola-y? Well, this is how granola-y you and I are now. You had both kids without any medication. We did the last one in a birth center and went home four hours later. We live in the woods where we now grow and shoot our own food. Like 
that's pretty doggone near crunchy. How did we get here? Okay, well, all those things make us seem like we think we're... This is your common argument. You always say this. <laughs> that we think we're cool or something for doing We think things. we're better than other people who don't do it this way. Right, and I would never want someone to hear saying that I had two babies without medicine be make me any better than a mom that didn't. You know what I mean? Yes. So. However. We got to this spot, though. Yes. <laughs> you want me to keep going? Go ahead. Well, the reason that we didn't have, I didn't have any medication like an epidural for our first child is because I wanted to impress my husband. I know. So that was only by the grace of God that I was able to do that. And our doula, who was amazing. Um, I wouldn't have, I, I would have had an epidural probably with our first child if our doula had not been there because we would have never stayed at home as long as we did. So that was the key. Well, I think what the problem is with this is it sounds like we're saying there's a right way and a wrong way to do something. I agree. And we have both come to an opinion about what we believe is the right way for us. Now, it's difficult, though, because there is some nuance of right and wrong in the decisions that we've made. Can you explain that further? Eating a diet that is free from as many chemicals, pesticides, preservatives, dyes, garbage in it, I think you can make a pretty good case that that is more right than eating one with it. Yes, so I do agree. There is some nuance of right and wrong. And the baby thing is very, very difficult because I've never had a baby. I'm not allowed to talk about it. You have. You are allowed to talk about it. However, as a physician, I think that you can make a good argument that a child born in the most natural environment is ideal than one born in a chemical environment. If you could avoid it, you should try it. I do I I do agree. So, I do understand how that could offend some people, especially some who are are quick to what well, you know, what I'm going to have a C-section and we're going to have it scheduled and it's going to be on, you know, this day at this time, yada yada. That could be offensive to the person who does birth that way because we're saying that it would be more advantageous, more healthy, more um, However, developmentally conscious to do it as natural as possible. I do agree that most women who have probably who have had C-sections and or multiple C-sections would say that they wish it could have they could have done it. For sure. And my so. guess is most of the people who have had C-sections probably don't know this, but I'm going to use the term are victims of geriatric care. Or geriatric, <laughs> not geriatric. Babies. Yeah. <laughs> not old people. <laughs> well, at least I knew what you were talking about. Yes, you did. Oh. Gestational Just was what I was trying to say. Babes. Yes. I think that they are victims of the gestational care in our society, which you mentioned our doula. I am so excited to talk to our doula about pregnancy 
about how doctors treat pregnant women, about how doctors treat babies being delivered. It was one of the wake-up moments for me in my crunchy exodus was having a child and watching what the medical system did. Because I, like you, I didn't have too many inputs of the medical system in my life. We went to the doctor only when I was deathly ill. Ditto. Like, I I remember this is one of my favorite stories to tell because it makes my dad look stupid, and I like it when he looks stupid because he's smart. But I was put on an asthma medication, and um, we went on vacation. I was, I was maybe 12. Do you know this story? You have a few of these kind of stories. All right. Well, I was maybe 10, 11, 12 in that area. But I was put on a new medication, and we went to on vacation. We're in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, or North Carolina. And, of course, we had to go to church on Sunday. I didn't realize it was an asthma medication. Yeah. Okay. I was on an asthma medication. And when I look back at it, I'm... I'm so confused why a doctor put me on Bactrim, which is a sulfur antibiotic for asthma. I wasn't sick. I didn't have a bacterial infection. Hmm. She put me on Bactrim. Hmm. Yeah. I have that written down my phone. Caleb's allergic to Bactrim. (laughs) More specifically, I'm allergic to sulfur-based drugs. Okay, well, if they say anything about Bactrim, I'll just say... Well, there's other sulfur-based drugs. That's why I'm yeah, saying that. Sulfur's right there. Yeah. I'll sulfur. Okay. So she puts me on Bactrim plus albuterol plus something else. It made my heart go pounding crazy. And then I had an allergic reaction to the Bactrim, which made me feel pretty not good to the point where I was vomiting, my throat swelled up, and my parents had to strip me down and put me in a bathtub full of freezing cold water to keep my temperature down. My my fever was like 105. That's terrifying. Well, yes, it is. But what's hilarious is that my dad didn't believe me that I was sick, and he made me go to church. He thought I was trying to get out of going to church because my dad always wanted to try churches out when we were on vacation, and I'm like, can't we be like normal people and not go to church on vacation? I don't want to go to some strange church that I don't have any ties to that I never have to come back to. So I fell asleep under the pew. I think that's when he realized that I was sick. Well, that's when my mom knew I was sick. And then my dad probably figured it out after I puked in a 105 fever. Yeah, that's a good one. That I never had any of those kind of stories happen to me or my brothers. Well, like, I w- like about med- medication or anything like that. Because you've had more than one story like that where someone took yep. some medication and they were like going to die. Who was the other one? It was It was you too. When I overdosed on my Maggie's, my sister's yeah. ear medication yeah. when I was a two-year-old and I, I mean, swallowed it obviously all. Obviously, that's just like poison in the house. Yeah, like that was a good story because my dad, my dad had ran to the groceries in the grocery drugstore and got Epicac. Do you know what Epicac is? Mm-mm. I don't even think they use it anymore. It is what it sounds. Like what? What do oh, you think? Right. Oh, Epicac. You mean Epicac was for you once you took. Yeah. So I drank a whole bunch of medicine when I was two or three. Yes. Epicac means you throw up everything. Yes, I know that. I remember asking my dad, I must have been three, because I remember asking him, am I going to get a consequence? And he said, just wait, as I'm standing there in the bathtub. You were three? Three or four. Okay. 
I mean, November has full-on conversations. No, I just, you clearly remember it. Well, you and I have been over this. I remember everything. You that's, didn't. That's true. I remember I a lot. Yes. A lot, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I will say um, when we were having our first child, I didn't, Caleb had just finished functional medicine schooling and we just, he was maybe on his route to more natural minded things. He had just studied a whole bunch of books about vaccines and our doula came, well, Kelly, she had come to our house and she was telling me a whole bunch of things about labor and delivery. And I was kind of in the middle to end of the pregnancy. And that was probably the first time that I felt like I was told a lot of stuff regarding natural pregnancy, natural labor and delivery. Yeah, because you didn't want to hire her. I, I didn't know if I needed to. That was it. You did not want to hire her because you thought because your husband was a doctor, we don't need a doula. Well, I said I thought I didn't know if I needed it. Yes. And I just, you I guess I, waste also, of money well, I also thought if we hired her, that meant I was going into labor without any medication, probably. Sure did. So, because I knew Kelly wanted to encourage me to do it without medication as well. Because we did want to do it without sh- medication, too. Correct. And to be fair to Kelly, I think that she would say she only encouraged you to do it without the medication because you had written down that that was your goal for birth. That's absolutely true. So she wasn't pushing you into that. No. She was encouraging you. But she did She did give me all the facts, even if I were to take the medication. Yes, she did. So that that's helpful, too. Well, Kelly's a unique individual in that she's in healthcare, and I think she might be the closest person that I've ever seen practice true informed consent. Like true informed consent. Mm-hmm. I will give you ad nauseum so much information about the decision you're about to make. It's mm-hmm. your decision. Mm-hmm. Go. Mm-hmm. That's Kelly. Yeah. That's why I was so excited to have her on here and talk about this. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Uh, yeah, Maddie's just okay. No. You are the first person I'm starting with. I don't know that. Actually, I'm pretty confident that most people have no idea who you are. You mean of your patients? Yeah. Just as public of a person as I am, as far as like my job and what I have to do and people, you know, I have relationships with a whole bunch of people. You are the mystery. I have relationships with two children and a husband pretty much. A few friends here and there. Some parents. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. Well... Even in our labor and delivery, or in our first pregnancy, I I do feel like I I let Caleb kind of make a lot of the decisions, and thankfully with pregnancy, um, not with delivery. You didn't make any of the decisions with delivery. The I knew what would make you proud, and I was gonna try and make my I, husband proud. I made no decisions in delivery. I agree, you didn't. Um, I made. All of the decisions with the post with the prepartum care. Yeah, yeah. I didn't take any of the. I didn't take any GBS testing. I didn't do the glucose testing. Um, 
I just opted out of everything, which was actually amazing. Um, and it, it just ended up feeling so unnecessary, especially when we went round two with having another, a second child. And it was just way easier to say no to some of the, what seemed like maybe silly test for the state of health that I'm in or my age even. So second time around was way easier to be more Second time around, confident. we were way more crunchy. We were. We were more natural-minded, yes. <laughs> well, well, this was the train that I wanted to push us yes. back towards. Our crunchiness. You and I both came from similar backgrounds, which was our parents were not crunchy. However, they were not super into into the medical the system. Doctors, yeah, we ever. we had very minimal yeah. physician touch. And we I went were to chiropractic really school. Kids. We, we were. I went to chiropractic school and I had never been to a chiropractor. Yeah, and I didn't even I had never been to a chiropractor until I started dating you. Right. I didn't even know I knew of the word, but I I didn't know anyone that went to a chiropractor. Well, <laughs> me either, <laughs> which is crazy that I are one now. But Well, Trent yeah, you, Dr. Boggs, Edgewood Chiropractic, I, he went to my church, and I job chatted for him. He, I wasn't his patient. I'd okay. never gone. But you watched him adjust people. For like two and a half hours one day in junior, when I was a junior in high school. And he didn't adjust you while you were there? Nope. Well, that's odd. Kind of. He was busy. Yeah. He's cracking backs. Yeah. Keep, keep going. Sorry to derail <laughs> you. <laughs> well, I was just saying... We kind of come from similar backgrounds, but we have landed in a increasingly crunchier world. I'm going to keep using that word. I know you hate it. And I want to keep knowing how you actually got here. Why, why did it make more sense to do things the way that you're doing them now rather than to do them the way that you were brought up? Well, I have seen some changes in my own life from, like what? from changing a lot of the things that I do, whether it be I try to eat as as gluten-free as I can because I struggle with brain fog. However, since I've changed from not eating gluten and not eating nearly as much processed foods probably, um, and I would say taking a bunch of supplements. I think that the supplements have really shown me that there's some things that my body naturally is lacking. And so I've seen I've seen my metabolism feels easier like it's it's not hard for me to stay at the same weight whereas I feel like I fluctuated. I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but stay at the same weight. I feel like I can like stay there. <laughs> and my skin my, I used to get blemishes all the time for as long as I can remember, it feels like. And I remember taking like birth control in college to try and help it. And it did help it. And then I stopped taking that. And then it, well, actually I stopped taking it because I was an emotional wreck. But then it came back with like vengeance after I was off birth control. And then I had blemishes, it felt like for the longest time. And then after our after our second child, I feel like once we moved out here onto the land and having two children, we've just com like really done it. And COVID hit around that time. 
we have just flown on the natural route. Just, it feels like everything has just, op- our eyes are completely open to what we believe it to be the truth. Yeah, COVID did kind of do that about every single medical decision, didn't it? It was like catapulted everything 200 miles an hour faster. Because I don't remember thinking about it as consciously as I do now. There was urgency. Yeah. COVID gave some real urgency to set your medical health and life in order. Yeah. Yeah. And so after Parker, my, like, back to my skin, uh, it, like, I should say during my pregnancy with Parker and after, my skin has been just so different. I like kombucha now. I <laughs> I like dates, and I never used to like dates. Okay, so you're, you're dancing into something that you haven't explained. <laughs> yeah, you sorry. went from skin to now your taste buds have changed. So I, explain that one. I guess that I'm one. going in a route of everything's changing since, since uh, really since my pregnancy with Parker. So all, all of my health things have changed. I still have a lot of brain fog though. <laughs> so that's one thing that I feel like you I have, have a three year old and a nine month old. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know where I was going with that, but what's the thing that helps you with the brain fog the most? Cod liver oil. Better than a good night's sleep? Mm, it's good night's sleep first. Sleep is best. Cod liver oil second. Yeah. That's one of the things I want people to understand. Like, you can take all the nice supplements in the world. If you don't eat right, sleep right, you ain't got a chance. I will say I've been trying to exercise a little bit, and it's not making me feel as revived as I feel like it should be. But it might be due to the weather. Yeah. It's friggin' February, and there's a foot of snow on the ground. All right. I had one other question I was going to ask you. Oh, yes. So, you've been to the doctor for your child how many times? Oh, for, sorry, not in vitro or in... For your, ch- for your children. For the children outside of the womb, they have not been to a doctor uh nova's been to a doctor once and not even a doctor of the practice it was a nurse practitioner um tell me about that experience so nova had an oat allergy or no 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 oh you got too far sorry just the doctor's experience no Mm. what symptoms did you see in your child that caused you to call the doctor and make an appointment that's where i was going oat allergy no we didn't know it was an oat allergy okay well she had been given some, uh, let's see, oat cereal kind of thing um, from a grandma. And that night she came home and threw up for six or seven hours about every 30 minutes. Like just just projectile co- constant vomiting. Um, what was the other scary part about it? She wouldn't move. She just laid in my arms. She looked Throwing dead. up. She, yeah. She She looked like she'd had a seizure. Yeah. She was so pale and, oh man, it makes me nauseous thinking about it, to be honest. Um, and I don't even know how, but I was so calm during that. You were. What did we blame it on first? We thought it was spoiled milk. Spoiled pumped breast milk yeah. that was mixed with the oats. Yes. We blamed the spoiled milk. Yep, that's what it was. And then what happened four weeks later? And then um, daddy 
Dr. Caleb, Caleb's calm corner guy, he gave her a protein bite <laughs> that had oats in it um, and just a homemade. very, very small amount. Yeah. Homemade, I guess. Um, and Caleb and I left to go into our office or into his office. And uh, my mom was staying with her and she goes, hey, Maddie, uh, you need to come home. Nova's sick again. And she was in tears. Yeah. Your mother. Yeah. It was a little overwhelming to her to walk into Nova in her pack and play with th- throw up everywhere. Um, and having seizures. She wasn't having seizures. What looked like seizures. She wasn't shaking, Caleb. Okay. Um, not all seizures cause shaking like that. Oh, okay. So there are some seizures that make your face go real limp and you look as if you can't focus on anything and you just go really, really like dead fished. Yeah. Well, that's okay. what she looked like. She looked she like she had a petite mall seizure. Okay. Well, Caleb's explaining stuff that I didn't know about. <laughs> anyway, so we came home and she threw up again. It was a little bit shorter this time. And I don't know if it that was. was because she had a lot less of the oats. I have a theory. So then we were like, okay, they, this had oats and the last thing had oats. I mean, Nova just, she was like eight months old and she just wasn't eating anything. She hated sweet potatoes. She hated almost every food I tried to give her. So including all these oats. So we just didn't feed her anything. And you don't want to know what my theory was. Let's hear it. Is it different than just the oats? No. Why she had less of a reaction the second time around. Mm. Yes. Go ahead. I think she had less of a reaction the second time around because I think her immune system was modulating to whatever was going on. And we'll get to that here in a second as far as what she was diagnosed with mm-hmm. and who actually diagnosed her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we were a little bit upset about it and well, to say the least. Well, yeah. pressure's on, right? Because I'm her dad yeah. and her doctor mm-hmm. and, and everyone in our family is like, mm-hmm. you better take this Second kid opinion. to go see somebody. Yep. And I was like, yeah, okay. So we did. We took her to who we had said was her pediatrician in the hospital. Right. Um, and the doctor there wasn't available, so uh, we were able to see a nurse practitioner. So we went in and basically got less than an answer. We got nothing. We basically just did it for no reason. It fe- That's what it felt like to both of us because there was just, we, Caleb had done some research and thought it was something called FPIs, and the nurse practitioner was like, I've never heard of that. I don't know what that is. What does FPIs stand for? Food protein intercolitis. Induced, induced enterocolitis. enterocolitis. That was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and so we had mentioned that. She didn't say anything about that. And obviously she was, I don't want to downplay nurse practitioner, but she wasn't the doctor of the practice. So she was very kind. Mm-hmm. She listened. She had no she, expertise. She told us we could get a blood, a blood she, test. She offered an allergy, allergy panel. Yeah. She had no expertise on FPIs, mm-hmm. which is fine. Is, you know, um, I hadn't even heard of it until my daughter exhibited those symptoms and I went totally deep, dark searching. So not, not to blame her for not knowing it, mm-hmm. but, um, it did feel like we went in and the answers were, well, she's fine now. So go I home. I think she's okay. Yeah. And we were like, okay, great. Well, I guess we checked we the box off. We got yeah. our second opinion. Yeah. So 
I think that what we're seeing with our daughter, because F pies is idiopathic. Do you know what I mean by idiopathic? Idiopathic is, oh, I love idiopathic. Idiopathic is a word that smart people use to say, I don't know. <laughs> it's amazing. They made up a big fancy word that they I was just, just going to say, said, I don't know. That's what. So it, an idiopathic disease That's is not. one that is of unknown origin. So F pies is idiopathic. We don't know why it happens. Sometimes kids just start vomiting, and it's usually due to oats, right? That's what we found out. Oats was a big factor. It was. Well, I would love to see if there's such a thing as F-Pies in other countries because I think that it's not the oats. I think it's what we spray on our oats here. I think we probably induced some insecticide, pesticide on top of this oat protein which then caused the immune system to recognize that protein as foe and create a large, large immune response. Anaphylactic, in my opinion. Well, and now she's grown out of it. Well, that was the weird thing about F-Pies, right? Everything on the internet says mm-hmm. they they're might usually done by three or four. Mm-hmm. She, she got out of it early. She eats oats all the time. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. But yeah, that that definitely made me feel like Okay, we're doing the right. I I got encouraged by the visit, to be honest, in some regard, because I thought that these doctors at pediatrician's office, our offices are telling people way different information than my than my husband is. You know, because I don't I I'd never been to a pediatrician's office except when I was little, and I don't remember what those were, and mostly just listening to my heart and my breathing and things like that. But I just got encouraged by visiting this office and thinking, well, I don't think we need to ever come back here again. Yep. Dr. Daddy is kicking butt at home, and I don't I don't plan on ever taking Nova or Parker to a doctor's office that's not Caleb's. And unless they need something, we'll be going to ReadyMed or... The hospital. Well, I don't even think it's just Dr. Daddy. I think what you're missing on there is that a lot of times even moms, very motivated moms with an internet subscription and a hurt child are probably more intelligent or more informed with their child's illness or issue than their pediatrician is. Mm -hmm. More effective at treating their child's illness or issue. And that's one of the great things about the internet now, you know? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Because I I don't necessarily... I don't expect every pediatrician to be amazing and um, care. So I, I mean, I should, but I just feel like not every person cares that much about kids getting better or not. That's harsh. I know. Well, but no. they have a they have a life of their own, and I don't know. What's harsh? And I'm going to poke at pediatricians here because they are they are probably the group that is the most frustrating to me. In the physician world. When you go to a pediatrician's office with a sick kid, what do you get? Antibiotic. What else? With a sick kid? Yeah. I don't know. That's it. Oh, okay. They have antibiotic, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Go to maybe Walgreens, maybe you get, get an over-counter. Th- maybe you get a proton pump inhibitor for heartburn. You get an antibiotic. And you get shots. I mean, good grief. You went to school for how long to do those three things? 
I know. I don't know how long. Long time. I just, I'm so underwhelmed at the care given to children. Underwhelmed. And we watched it. We went to the good office here in town. And honestly, mm-hmm. it wasn't that bad of an experience. It was just, I'm sorry, I don't have And any it wasn't answers. a pediatrician's it, office. It's a general doctor. Uh, He's no, a general. No, 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 no. Yeah, general doctor, but his He's practice a family is doctor. massively children. I don't know. He's a family doctor. Yeah, he is a family doctor. So. But I think that he has a lot of children. I think practice. he does have Thousands. a decent amount of children. And uh, I think part of that stems with how much uh, pediatrician offices want to see children on a almost dentist-type schedule. You know what I mean? You mean like well visits? Um, well, I guess, but I just mean they want to see them at three months, at six months, at nine months. You know, it's very routine instead of it being, hey, when, the, when your kid has a problem, come in to see me. Yeah, those are well visits. And it's, um, again, part of the problem. Pediatricians are following a recipe. There's no real actual doctoring going on. Like, your child is unique and different. And when you take them to the doctor, you want them to see them as a unique and different child. Maybe they need a tailor fit treatment plan for this specific child. But that's not what we get in pediatrics. We get blanketed, one-size-fits-all, either get this, this, or this. Those are the only three options. And that's why so many parents are bringing their children to an office like mine because, um, I mean, I, fine, we're just going to toot my own horn. Dr. Harmon, Dr. Tom, and myself, you are going to get a tailor-fitted treatment plan and one-on-one care for your child, and there is no one-size-fits-all of anything. Now, of course, there's some overlap of, you know, my kid is vomiting post-breastfeeding. What do you do? Well, we do the same thing for everybody and see if it works out. I, that literally is the case in our office. We do spinal manipulation for that, and we do it once a week for a month. And in many cases, that fix 60% of the cases. Well, that's cheap and easy. We're going to try it on everybody. The side effects are nothing. So I'm being a little bit harsh, but that is why... Our office is being overflowed with more and more and more children. And parents are choosing to bring their children to our office when they are sick rather than to a pediatrician's office. They already know what they're going to get. So that was your experience in the doctor's office the one time you took your kid to the doctor. Yep. Well, I think that was a pretty good place to stop. You got anything else you want to say? wife i don't think so how we do for our first podcast i don't know i think we should redo it (laughs) (laughs) Why? i don't know i just feel like we should hold back some of the things that we said by we you mean me no me too probably i don't know i'd have to listen to it again no all right crossroads called caleb's calm corner Captain Geach and the Shrimp Shack Shooters, signing off.